you are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. Well, good morning, everybody. I don't think uh, Pastor Paul realizes that most of my hair has fallen out, so uh-huh. it doesn't matter for the little bits the left are gray because it'll all be gone soon. <laughs> Please take your seats, everybody. You know, uh, the, I, don't know I don't know if there's an energy in the room this morning or whether there's just this uh, passion for Christ this morning. Normally when I stand up here, I'm trying to get everybody to get up to my level of excitement about the Word of God, but I, I feel like this morning I'm going to have to catch up with you guys. Am I right? All right, so as Pastor Paul said, please lean in this morning because God has got a word for you this morning. God wants to do something. He doesn't want you to just hear a story. He wants you to walk home feeling something that something has changed in your life. This morning I'm going to start off by making a controversial statement. Did you know that you were a slave? I told you it was going to be controversial. We are all slaves. It's controversial because I wanted to get your attention. But it's controversial because it's not the sort of thing that we want to be associated with. When we think about the horrendous things that happen to real slaves in African America, and even today there's slavery going on. It's a stain on humankind, the stuff that happens. And of course, the fact that you were set free from Christ, you do not want to be called a slave. But I am talking more about a universal spiritual sense. You know, you have these words, darkness and light, good and evil. You are either a slave to sin or you are a slave to righteousness. Which one are you? If you would turn with me, we're going to go to Romans 6.10. If you've got your smartphones or you've got your Bible open, quickly jump into Romans 6.16 to 23. And we're going to find out a little bit more about spiritual slavery. Romans 6.16 to 23. The Apostle Paul speaking he says don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves you are slaves of the one you obey whether you are slaves to sin which leads to death or to obedience which leads to righteousness but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin you have come to you have come sorry I've lost my way there You have come to obey from the heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. 
What benefit did that reap at the time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, this morning I'm going to continue to be controversial. We've all heard of the term slaves to sin. We've just heard it right now. But I believe that God gives us the power to rule over sin. If you're taking notes this morning, I want you to take this down as the, as the title. Make sin your slave. You see, it's one thing to break free from sin, but it's another thing to rule over it. In Genesis, God speaks to Cain and says, But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. But we need to begin at the foundations. First, we need to break free from sin. I'm going to give three points and then conclude. The first one is this. You are slaves to the one you obey. You know, in the physical, when a slave was caught or captured, they were imprisoned by their master. They were not their own. After being punished, they were then set back into slavery. You are not your own. A slave does not exercise the right to choose whether to do the master's work or not. Instead, they must bend to the authority of the master. You know, many people caught in repeating sin, they, they think to themselves that somehow I'm going to get out of this. Somehow I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to do this. They don't realize that they cannot. You cannot learn by self-taught teachings. You cannot learn by your own, your own will because if you're under the authority of sin, you will never break free from it. It is your master. There's nothing that you can do to break free from it. You see, slavery is about authority. It's about a master who has authority over you. In the beginning, Adam and Eve gave this authority, our authority, over to the devil. And ever since then, you and me, we were born as slaves to sin. We were born as slaves by default. How were slaves set free in, the re in, in reality? They could escape, but they were never set free. They would run and hide, but they were always enslaved by the fear of being caught. They were always looking over their shoulder, and the punishment would be greater. So they were never free, even if they escaped for a time, because they were always caught. The only way that a slave was set free was by the changing of law. That is what set them free. When the law changed in, in, in America, the masters had to listen to the law and give their slaves over. And if they tried to keep them, they were found guilty and imprisoned. 
And this is exactly what Jesus Christ did. He changed the law. You know, sometimes we think that, you know, salvation is about the cross, the work on the cross and, we, and, and, and resurrection, which of course it is. But we forget it's also primarily because Jesus changed the law. Matthew 5.17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Jesus didn't discard the law. He didn't abolish it because the law was good. The law was righteous. The law was holy. It came from God. Romans 7.14 says, So the trouble is not the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I am all too human, a slave to sin. So he doesn't abolish it, but he fulfills it. In other words, he completes the law. You know, we speak about prophetic words. What happens when a prophetic word is fulfilled? It's spoken about it's not worthy anything unless it's fulfilled. Once it's fulfilled, it's complete. It's done. Whatever is supposed to have happened is done. Jesus completes it to the point he meets the demands of the law. He lives a sin-free life, and he pays the penalty for the, the demands of what the law has on our behalf. You know, I love the fact that here in this church, we offer decisions for Christ, for salvation. Every week we do it. Many churches don't. I've been in a lot of churches where very seldom it happens. Sometimes it happens. Some, some I don't see it at all. We do it here every single week because it is so important to us to have the lost saved. This is what this church is about. This is what our hope is. We want to see people come from under slavery and set into freedom. But there's also a missing piece of the puzzle that is even, even more important. Repentance. You see, a decision on its own is a starting point, but it actually cannot do anything unless it's counted with repentance. Acts 2.17 says, Therefore let all Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. Church, when were we last cut to the heart? I'm being honest and sincere. When was I lost cut to the heart? When did my sin trouble me? When were we lost cut to the heart where we fell on the floor and said, Oh God, save me. And these people were like that. They were cut to the heart and they said, to Peter, brothers, what shall we do? Because they had no idea what to do. They didn't know what to do. And Peter replies, repent and be baptized. He doesn't say make a decision for Christ. He says repent and be baptized. You see, decisions for Christ is something that we offer at church, but the repentance is on you. You have to do it. We give the opportunity as a church, but you have to make that decision. 
you know, we do the altar call and we read it out. That is part of repentance. But what you do with it is up to you. If, it, if you're just saying the words and not doing it, you see, what actually happens is we, we, we're afraid to repent because that we, have to, we have to let go of the sinful life that we want. Listen, what, what is baptism? Baptism is when the old man or the old woman goes under the ground and is buried and is dead. That's where, you have to get this. Please listen to this. That's what repentance does. When you ask for forgiveness, the old person is buried and dead. You come out of the water a new person. If the old person is dead, then so is the slavery dead. If the new person is alive, then the, the new person is set free. A decision in Christ cannot do that. Only repentance can set you free from slavery of sin. We have stopped at the decision to believe and foregone the essential part of repentance. A 12-year-old accidentally killed one of his family geese by throwing a stone. Figuring his parents wouldn't notice one of 24 that they had, he buried it. His sister saw his crime and said, I saw what you did. You have to wash the dishes for me every night. Otherwise, I'll tell mom. And of course, the boy did the dishes every day, terrified of what would happen. And one day, he just said to his sister, I'm not doing the dishes anymore. And she said, I'm going to tell mom. And he said, I already told her. And she forgave me. And I'm free again. It's repentance that sets us free. That puts the old man into the grave. And the new man is born free from sin. Thank you, God. Point number two, you are free from the control of sin. In the scripture we just read, the Apostle Paul says, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Meaning, when you were slaves to sin, righteousness had nothing on you. You may have known you were doing the wrong thing, but you were numbed to your conscience. You didn't even care whether, and, and the more you got numb, the more you don't care. It has no control of your righteousness. But the reverse is implied. If you are slave to righteousness, you are free from the control of sin. Doesn't the Word of God say that in every temptation, there is always a way out? If you were under slavery, there would be no way out. You have to bend to its authority. But God has set you free, and so there's always, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in the devil himself, in, in the desert himself, by the devil. And this doesn't mean that you're sinless either, just because you're free from being a slave to sin. The Word of God tells us that we're all full short of the glory of God, so let's just not kid ourselves. We're not sinless. But just because you sin sometimes, it doesn't make you a slave to it. Repent, and you're free again. But if you're a slave to sin, you just remain a slave to sin. You see what's happened? God's taken us out of slavery, taken us out of prison, and put us in a place. Yeah, we may still sin, but we are, we are outside the prison now. We're outside the prison walls. 
And if righteousness has control of you, then you also have control and commanding authority over sin, the power to make it your slave. You can tell Satan, get behind me. You can say, I want to do that, but I will not. I want to do this. I want to take that, but I will not. You have the power to do that now. Sometimes you may fail, but you have the control. You have the authority to do so. Point number three. Do you see the the process? Set yourself free from slavery. Take control. And then finally, make yourself a bond servant. Make yourself a slave to righteousness. It's a weird thing. I started off with the, the idea that it's quite controversial to call yourself a slave. But we need to understand something. In typical reality, a slave is somebody who has been oppressed. Somebody has been forced into slavery. God does not oppress you and make you his slave. The word of God says that he knocks, but he waits for you to open. It is we who submit ourselves under his authority and make ourselves a slave to his righteousness. That is the difference. It is my choice. It's your choice to do so. Exodus 21, 1 to 6. When you buy a Hebrew slave, he will serve you six years. The seventh year he goes free. For nothing, if he came in single, he leaves single. If he came in married, he leaves with his wife. If the master gives him a wife and she gave him sons and daughters, the wife and the children stay with the master and he leaves by himself. But suppose the slave should say, I love my master, and I love my children and my kids, my wife and my kids. I don't want my freedom. Then his master is to bring him before God and to a door or doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl, a sign that he is a servant for life. You know, sometimes we look at Scripture. I don't know if you guys do. I look at the Scripture and I go, what? What's that all about? You know, like, you know, I don't want to put... A big, you know, an awl is one of those big, ugly nails, like, you know, that they put into Jesus Christ through his hands. I don't want that going through my ear into the door. And why is it going into the doorpost? And why my ear? You know, when you don't understand something in the Word of God, you got to seek and find. you got to scratch a bit deeper. Because God's purposes are always there, and they're always beautiful. Why? The piercing in the wall, because Jesus Christ was nailed to the cross. Why a door? Because Jesus Christ called himself, I am the door of life. Enter through me and you will be saved. Why the earlobe? Because the priests, Aaron, when they were consecrated, the blood was put on the earlobe as a sign of the guilt offering. So as a guilty party, recognizing that you are still a sinner, even though you've been set free. You offer yourself to God. You say, God, I'm guilty. Put an all through my ear and put it to your doorpost that I may serve you for the rest of my life. Yeah. These slaves were set free after six years. On the seventh year, they were, sorry, on the seventh year, they were set free. Six years they worked, seventh, seventh they were set free. God created heavens and the earth. Six days, seventh, seventh year, 
Seventh day, he rested. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul starts to see these things as foreshadows of what was to come. And he says, you have worked your whole life under the old law and trying to find righteousness. For six days you've been working, but you will never find it. You have to enter into the rest. And still today there is a place of rest that you can enter into, which is salvation in Jesus Christ. The seventh day is salvation in Jesus Christ. In the seventh year, in the seventh day, we enter into Christ. And as slaves, we have done the same. As we receive Christ, our, our slavery is shed off us. And as we've entered into Him, we have now been set free once again. So what do you do with this freedom that you have now? You've been set free. You were once a slave. You realize how good that is. But now what do you do? This is what the Apostle Paul is trying to say in the Scripture. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. You have a decision to make. Shall you return to your old master, the devil, and allow him to piece your ear to his all and to his door? A door of destruction just like the Israelites who were slaves in Egypt came out of God, rescued them as slaves, and was taking them to the promised land for a place of blessings, they got halfway and started to moan and grumble and said to themselves, we should return and become slaves again. I urge you, people, if you resolve to be a slave to your passions, then your passions will enslave you. If you resolve to be a slave to drinking and drugging, it will enslave you. If you resolve to, to lust and to pornography, it will twist your mind so that you do not see creation in the way it was meant to be seen. It will enslave you. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are the slaves of the one you obey? You give up your authority. And do not think for a minute that if you're freed, but if you refuse to make a decision which master assign authority to you, that you shall remain in the middle ground. You won't. Because your Lord God is a gentleman. He will never force you into slavery, but the devil will. The devil will tempt you, and he will trick you, and he will deceive you. And before you know where you are, you have regressed back into slavery. What happened to the person who was cleansed from an evil spirit? I'm sure many of you know about the story that Jesus spoke about and said there was a, there's a woman who, was, who had, had a demon within her. And so the demon was cast out. But then the room, it says the room was swept clean. And when the demon came back, he found the room swept clean and he said, this is great. And he went back and got another horde of demons who were worse than him, and they began to live, and that person made it worse for them. But had that demon come back and found grace in that life, and found faith in that life, and the authority of Jesus Christ in that life, he would never have been able to enter. He will rob you and steal from you 
if you sit in the middle ground waiting to make a decision? Or should you rather turn to your Father in heaven? I'm speaking to Christians here this morning. Since the enslaved of sin loves their master so much, the one who lies to them and deceives them, since they cling to his calling, even when he brings them misery, how much more should you love yours? How much more should you bond yourself to your Father in heaven who declares to you, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When Jesus was led into the desert and tempted with ownership of all creation, why did he not receive them? Because he had chosen the way of the cross. He chose to surrender. Jesus had already put his ear to the oar and to the door. If Jesus would not free himself from service to his God, even to the point of death, should we not also make up our minds to offer our ears to the oar and to the door of Christ? And what a great service that would be. If you want to make sin your slave, and tell Jesus, tell Satan to get behind you, you have to repent. We should be repenting daily. We sin daily. It mounds up. And we think we're Christians and we think that because we made a decision at some point in our lives that it's all okay. But it all bounces up on top of us and piles up. We have to be a repenting nation of people. The kingdom of God is about repenting people. Submit yourself to God. Offer your ear to the commanding authority of God. And obey His teachings. Rejoice. For you are a slave to righteousness and a slave to Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining Life City Church, and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at lifecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at lifecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.